Are you ready? A Shot of Wrestling, episode 195. And oh, wait, wait, nope. Everybody, welcome to episode 195 of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host at Makajit Party, joined by, as always, Hollywood, mind you, Mark Schwann. Yes. Oh, Putty, how relaxed do you feel after a nice detox retreat? I feel wonderful. I don't feel wonderful. What, what, what do you mean? It's a nice fancy spa. If I took me to a spa. Yeah, like, I took you to a nice, like, beautiful spa. Could get one fucking drink. I can't get one drink at a spa. I called it a detox thing. What, what did uh, he, did you, you just me, hear retreat? You, you, you hear resort? You never told me detox thing. Oh well. Can't get one freaking drink. I thought you assumed. You didn't enjoy the uh, the kale juice. No, I never even drank that. I spilled it on the. Uh, Dude, grass. oh my god, it was so refreshing. I, I I feel like a million bucks. I feel ready to go. I feel like you wasted a million bucks. Right, no, well, probably it was my gift for you but i could see that you're not did you get a return receipt you're such a dick anyway moving on happy new year officially since we weren't here last week happy new year mark happy new year to you as well putty thanks i think you want to talk about any new year's resolutions you got going on this year new year's resolutions um i don't know i just you know working to evolve you know that's really been my goal for 2020 just to uh evolve take the next step in my career take the next step uh my relationship with my wife what would that be? You're married. Married, yeah. Uh, you know, we want to get another place in Westchester. Uh, you know, possibility of having a little Schwan down the road. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those, those are things for the next steps for our relationship. What about you? I'm perfect. I don't uh, need to change anything. You know what? That's, that's wonderful, Putty. I think we should all aspire to be more like you. Because I do aspire to inspire. I don't. Take that is my line. line. No, that's that my, my line. Here, I've here, said that. At Putty, I inspire to inspire. I've been saying that for five years. I've been saying that's it. my sign off on my emails. Even I've been saying it for five years. One day, so prove it. Okay, well after, after the show. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, that's affinity. All right. Actually, anyway, what are we talking about here? It's just a wrestling podcast. Let's get to it. That's I'm the host here. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm a co-host. Okay. Okay. That sends me on a, a spa retreat. that can't get one drink. It, the purpose is detox, buddy. You're wow. supposed to feel better about your life. That was the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I drink? <laughs> to, to forget, I guess. I don't I guess know. So, right? <laughs> I drink to remember. Really? <laughs> I got dark real fast. That's sad. <laughs> talk about more stuff in intro chat, right? We should. We're there for two weeks. I mean, I've been. Um, I started doing my duties as a, as a SAG member uh, to watch the stuff for the SAG Awards. How's that going? 
Doing pretty well. I was actually on the nominating committee this year for TV, so I watched a lot of good TV this past year. Uh, but now um, I'm getting the, the movies that are coming in. Uh, that are coming in. Excuse me. And uh, so, so far, I, I, I watched The Irishman. Oh, finally, how was it? Uh, very long. So I broke very it up long. into four parts to watch. I can. I don't have time to sit through a three and a half fucking hour long movie. Okay. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, wasn't not great, huh? No, it wasn't great. You know, I I think um, I don't know. I I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, like you know, they're all much older. I mean, Joe Pesci was already retired. I believe I believe Harvey Keitel was as well. Really, they came out for retirement for this? Yeah. Oh, I know for a fact Joe Pesci. Harvey Keitel questionable. Um, but no, I mean, it was cool to see the whole gang back together again. It's cool to see Al Pacino working with Martin Scorsese. Uh, some fine performances on there. Overall, as a movie, I, I don't know. I just, I guess I had higher expectations for it. Can you tell us who you voted for? I haven't voted yet. I can tell you what I voted for for TV because I I, I nominated them to be on there. Uh, I, I voted a lot for um, The Morning Show, okay. uh, which is a show on Apple TV, probably the best show I've seen this year. Uh, I voted uh, for David Harbour for Stranger Things. I thought he crushed it. Uh, Billy Crudup, uh, from Morning Star, he he made morning it show. on there. What's that Morning Show? Yeah, Morning Show. Russell Crowe, Lila's Voice, definitely watched that show. It's probably one of the better limited series I've seen this year. Uh, who else did I vote for for TV? I'm trying to think. I think for Ken Jeong, huh? For Ken Jeong, yeah, for his great work on The Masked Singer. <laughs> it wow. wasn't what wasn't even considered actually. So The Masked Singer is a competition show. Where we have to guess who the singer is based on their voice and the clues they give us. You know, my wife had no idea what that show was about. I've never seen an episode, and I still knew what the Masked Singer was. Oh, that's weird. It's, it's in the name. Yeah. No. Exactly. Did coming up with a spinoff, the Masked Dancer? Oh God! How are you supposed to even figure out who this person is? You tell by the sound of their voice. Right. It's so freaking stupid. Fucking stupid fox. If you need a host for the show, let me know. Dial it up. You talk shit about it, and now you want to be their host? It doesn't work that way. You talk shit all the time. Oh, well, I guess. And then we still get jobs. You talk shit all the time. Oh, buddy, don't make sure, make sure you edit out of the show. I don't want to lose this job. So you're welcome. <laughs> what did you do for New Year's? You went to the bar, right? Down, down on your house? Yeah, yeah. I went to a very fine establishment called Francie Brady's, okay. which is right downstairs for me. Uh, loved it. Had a good time. Uh, my brother-in-law and his significant other, my sister-in-law and her significant other, along with a friend of mine, came on out for it. We hung out with my wife, drank our asses off, had some good food, went back upstairs to my apartment, had a little nice cap, uh, nightcap. Yeah, I bet you did. Called it a night. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. What about you? What did you do for New Year's? I went to a, my friend's house. They moved out to Long Island. Oh, right, right, right. Because I couldn't, dri- uh, couldn't drink. Mm-hmm. I was driving. Because you know the cops are going to be everywhere. Yeah, No, dude, they were... When I drove back from the studio the week before, holy cow, the, the cops were like everywhere. Like every other five minutes, I see another cop. Another so, cop. So I was in a house full of married couples with an army of screaming kids running around. So needless to say, my New Year's was awesome. <laughs> you got to make the best of it, though. I did bring peanut butter whiskey. Ooh. Everyone liked it. That sounds sexy. It, it was delicious. Except for the person I brought it for who likes peanut butter. He didn't like it. That's odd. He's an odd character. Although, like, okay, I kind of get it because I love orange juice. Mm-hmm. I love champagne. 
Really? But I don't like mimosas. That is weird. It's the same shit. Yeah, I yeah, I, I trust me, I get it. But for whatever reason, I just don't like mimosas. Huh? That's weird. Or maybe it's just because I like Bloody Marys that much more. That's disgusting. Yeah, I noticed something about Bloody Marys. People either they love it or they hate it. There's like no in between. I've never heard say, oh yeah, it's okay. It was the best Bloody Mary I heard. What? Cheers in Boston. I've been there. I've actually, I actually didn't know that. I've. Never had a we were in Boston uh, a couple years ago, 2011, for the Royal Rumble. Okay. A friend of mine's a big Bloody Mary drinker, unbeknownst to me. Huh. And he's, we went there for brunch, and he said, oh, I got to have the Bloody Mary here. It's, I heard it's one of the best. And he did not disappoint. Wow. Wow. Okay. So next time I go to Boston, I have to go back there. I, I like Cheers. I think it's a cool place. Touristy, yeah, but yeah. still is pretty cool. But now I want to try Bloody there. I'm, 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 you sold me. Bro trip, bro, bro trip. I'm down. So let's let's figure the, let's figure the details out. Then okay. come back to get some news. Awesome. It's time for in the news with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. Mark, remember the spa? I couldn't get a drink. Yeah, which really ruined my time. I'm sorry, dude. I, again, I thought you knew, but okay. I did see they had plenty of ice cream. Yes. We love ice cream. Yes. Who doesn't? I mean, you scream. Ice cream. You, you knew it was vegan ice cream, though, right? That's why it tasted like ass? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. But anyway, go on. We all scream for ice cream. Yes. Well, Geert Humor announced to bring back, officially, the WWE ice cream in a different way. I thought it was going to bring back the old school WWE... Ice cream bars. They're not? No, these are ice cream sandwiches that are like those Klondike bars. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like an ice cream sandwich. Okay. It's a square ice cream sandwich with vanilla ice cream in the middle with those two vanilla wafers on top and bottom. There's no chocolate layering. There's no stick. I'm like, this, is, this isn't the same No. as I had when I was a kid. No, not at all. But they will feature images of John Cena, Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch, and some legends like Macho Man Savage. They will be sold in four packs or individually. You know that shit's gonna like sell out. Even still, that it's yeah, like I mean, yeah. It depends on what flavor the CM Punk must be like going nuts right now. Remember? Yeah, it depends on what flavor the vanilla wafers are. Are they just like vanilla wafers or the same vanilla thing that we had ice cream bars? It was different. Hmm. If that makes sense at all? That sentence sounded more sense in my head. But we'll find out. Are, are I'm still- surprised they didn't do it back when CM Punk had that thing going, though. You would think, but then you would think like. How long of a process was this to do? I mean, I can't imagine this being something overnight. As far as they're not bringing it back in the original form, they're bringing it back in sandwiches. Well, I, I guess they kind of want to start something new. Kind of like Star Wars back, you know, bring back an old idea, but trying to make it fresh. Nice try. I'm just saying. I think that's maybe the philosophy behind it. They will hit nationwide retailers and ice cream trucks beginning February. What ice cream trucks out? Oh, maybe probably in the South. Uh, yeah, so February coming up, a couple weeks. <laughs> Keep your eyes out. Or maybe this weekend we're, we're yeah, going to get 60s uh, here in New York. Yeah, exactly. They probably range from three dollars to five twenty nine based on the quantity you buy. Five twenty nine for four? That's not bad. No, yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. So, what you talked about this? Well, personally, I am allergic to milk, so I can't oh, have no. much. I've actually never had the original WWE or WWF back then ice You're cream bar. Such bars. a fake phony person. I mean, I'm a fake phony person. 
I totally believe that you were totally into it. Totally excited about I'm, it. I am excited about it for other people that like ice cream. I'm not selfish. I think it's a cool idea. But? But I personally can't enjoy it. Like the spa where I can enjoy a drink? I mean, I'm... Uh, same thing. No, it's not what, because what I'm happy for other people. You're just... A miserable person? Uh, I mean, I was going to say it. You just said it. Yeah. <laughs> <That's an asshole. laughs> you know, the news of this week broke that... Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are leaving. I know. It's big. You should, you should do the same thing. <laughs> Another news. <laughs> what? MLW announced via press release that they signed Mark Adam Haggerty. So a good friend of our show, Mark Adam Haggerty, signed to MLW. Congratulations to him. Very happy for him. I think very, very much well deserved. But have been big talks of breaking news regarding MLW and a major partnership that would be transformative to ML- MLW's immediate and long-term future. Well, we found out. There's interest from Showtime to air wow. on that network. Wow. That's a big move. We don't have any other specifics at the moment. It's just breaking news. But also, uh, Showtime was interested in AEW last year. That's right. I so remember that. Yeah. They've never really entered anything wrestling-wise. But they have a big boxing following. They do have a big boxing following. So, it makes you think. I mean, Showtime, HBO, they always compete. You know, if this is true, if Showtime does indeed pick up MLW, what does HBO do? What do you think they do? I don't know. Anthony Cole, what's up? <laughs> oh, shit. Calling out the big man, huh? Uh, oh, yeah. We'll follow that closely. You know the news? You hear about this new gimmick they're doing, trying to rename Corbin, Kentucky to King Corbin, Kentucky? Okay, wait, what? There's a city in Kentucky called Corbin. Oh, right. Okay, okay, okay. Now, yeah. the officials... Probably wanted to rename the city King Corbin. No, w- stop. WKYT in K- Kentucky reports W has kicked off a grassroots campaign. Um, okay. I mean, is it going well? They don't say. I mean, it's all to promote their non televised live event at the Corbin Arena, which is this Sunday, which is after the show airs. But uh, no, they have camera crews there. They have a big showing trying to sign this petition. Do you think this will actually do- pass? King Corbin, Kentucky? I don't think it will pass, but you know, if they're filming this whole process going on and it still it fails, I mean, I think that could be a good storyline that they could use. They will be handing out free tickets to the show, so as incentive. Oh, stop. I, I, still. Listen, I'm a huge WWE fan. Are you? I can't tell sometimes. What do you mean? Nothing. Anyway. I'm a big WWE fan. Are you? I can't tell sometimes. Okay. We're going to, <laughs> going to do this game? Is this, is, are, you, are we really doing it. this? Move on. Okay. So as I was saying, I'm a big WWE fan. Are you though? I hate you. If WWE came to my door saying that they want to rename my town after a wrestler, uh, I wouldn't be for it. Really? Why not? Why not? Because it's my fucking town, dude. Not your hometown. Especially if they did for my hometown. Are you kidding me? But they already live in Corbin, okay? Why not just call it King Corbin? Because. like, I, I thought this was a good gimmick. I thought I like it. But when the gimmick, when he's no longer a King Corbin. Right. You still have Corbin, Kentucky, though. It's still cool. I don't know. I think I'll talk way too long about this. But good luck yeah. to them. Anything else you want to add? No. I mean, it, we can go over how I'm now a big WWE fan, but we'll save that another Are time. I know Mark, we talked a lot of conversation off air about this. You're really look, looking forward to Tyson Fury coming back to WWE since you're such a big fan. I'm not a big fan of him, but I, I understand well, the prestige with him. It'll depend on his next boxing match. As well it should. He's set to fight Deontay Wilder on February 22nd. 
the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. The result could determine his future at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. If Wilder wins, Vince isn't throwing money at a guy who just lost in the pay-per-view. Right. Why would he? So I don't even know why this is a news topic. People are clamoring about this. What did it? What, why? Do people want to see Tyson Fury back? Is that something I want to see? I mean, it would be cool to see him fight Brock Lesnar in a big fight feel. Um, you know, mixing these two different worlds together. These two behemoths in the same ring. Um, I don't necessarily know if I want to see that WrestleMania. No. You know, we can save that for a SummerSlam. Mm. Especially like what? Save for a crown jewel. No, 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 no. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm sure the Saudis would love it. Uh, but when's, when's his fight against Tyson Fury? February 22nd. February 22nd, right? And then WrestleMania is early April. Yeah. It's not enough time. Even if he wins, I feel like it's not enough time for him to get into that ring shape. Ring re- shape? He's just spending months training for a boxing match. Yeah, but it's different. Boxing and wrestling are two different things. And then also, like you know, you don't necessarily know what, how much damage he's going to get in that fight. Mm, that's true. Uh, that's something to take into account as well. So I don't know. I think that you can you can save that. You can save that for later on in the year. Okay, another news. W has reportedly signed good friend of our show, two-time Shimmer champion Mercedes Martinez to a contract. Absolutely. Congratulations to her. She worked both um, May Young Classics. Well-deserved. Looking forward to her shining on NXT and then the main roster. Now, I, I, I keep hearing about you know people saying about her age now coming to WWE. Okay. Uh, you know, How old is she? Apparently she's 39. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. She looks damn good for 39. I know. I, I didn't realize that. But... Yeah, I mean, she's in her older 30s, you know, hitting the 40s uh, pretty soon. You know, you know, I hear Mark saying, oh, you know, she might be too old to do anything of significance in WWE. Are they just going to make her be a producer? Mm-hmm. I know what you're going to say here. Go ahead, say I mean, it. No, no. Go ahead, say it. I, I, what do you think I'm going to say? Dave Batista. What about Dave Batista? What, he was in his late 30s, early 40s? I mean, true. But I, I don't know. I, I guess it's like... Well, you look at a lot of the roster. We, we were talking about Bobby Roode on SmackDown. Right. I mean, he's in his 40s. And he looks phenomenal. He looks better than ever. Dolph Ziggler is not a young pup anymore. He looks great. You know, AJ Styles is older. And, but you know what? People like you know give a pass for the men, but w- what do women have like when they're older? You know, for all of a sudden it's not cool. But look at Mickey James. She's in phenomenal oh, shape. Love me some Mickey James. Uh, Shayna ba- uh, Shayna Baszler. Baszler. Isn't ba- Basler? Basler. I feel like you're fucking me up. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to correct you here. Okay. Is it really Shayna Basler? Basler. How can I hear more say Shayna Basler? I don't know. Basler. It's Basler? Yeah. Are we spending way too much time in this? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to edit this part out either. <laughs> <laughs> Shayna Basler. Basler. I fucking hate you with a passion. But yeah, Shayna is older. Asuka. True. I think is their forties, right? Forties, yeah. But people don't say shit about that, really, with Oscar. No, because of the way she was pushed. But people give, talk, do talk shit about Mickey. I think. Yeah, poor Mickey James. Hope she comes back. I know. I think. I think she'll do fine. You know, I, I don't necessarily think that they're going to sign her just to be a producer and then bring her no, to no the performance way. center. You know, obviously she's going to do something. What brand she shows up on, I'm not too sure. You gotta build her up. She's not a big name, so she's gotta Right. They gotta introduce her slowly to the, the so nationwide universe. NXT would make sense, of yeah. course. Maybe yeah. quick quick run in NXT. 
you know, especially like if they move Shayna to the main roster, yeah, which is rumored that it's going to happen with her versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Absolutely. Um, you know, that would be a good spot, big time. Perfect, yeah, perfect fit. Exactly. That'd be cool for you to see her versus uh, Rhea Ripley. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving that dirty look. In other news: USA Network has announced the second season of Steve Austin, straight up Steve Austin show. Did you watch the first season? No, I have not. It's a good show. The interview-based show will return sometime in the summer, featuring eight 30-minute episodes. Austin's guest for this upcoming season will be announced soon. We'll keep you updated. The rating success of the first season was recently touted by USA and credited with their overall success. The show was 2019's number one new unscripted cable series for men 25 to 54 and 18 to 49. That's huge. I didn't know it was that big, pulling that big numbers. No, I had no idea. It was a horrible time slot. So good for them. Looking forward to that. You don't care since you didn't watch the first season. Moving on. Some sad news, Mark. Cauliflower Alley Club announced via Twitter the passing of Andrea Hart, the wife of Bruce Hart. Saying, and I quote, the CAC would like to pass our deepest condolences to the friends and family of Andrea Hart, the wife of Bruce who passed away back on December 27th. She was not only a wonderful wife, an incredible mother, and caring grandmother, but a beautiful person in every way. So we here send our deepest condolences to the Hart family. No, absolutely, what man. What a tragedy. That's sad. But you know me, Mark. Don't end on a sad note. Angelo Dawkins of the Street Profits announced him and his wife are expecting a baby come July. Cheers to that. Congratulations to them. That's all I got for news, Mark. Anything else you want to add? No, that's it. I mean, I think you covered all the news. I mean, it was pretty slow for news this past week. This past week, last week was very slow. Yeah. So I'm sure things will start picking up as the new year starts. Giving this dirty lucky creeping me out. <laughs> throwing up my game. Making me very uncomfortable right now. Good. That's That's the intention. So I guess what up next? Then we do have an interview, right? Okay. Uh, Abel he interviewed a man who's refed at ROH, at Beyond, at CZW. He is also Mike Law's brother, Stephen Domingue. We're gonna get an inside look at uh you know the hard knock life of being a referee. So, Green Man, take it away. If you're ready and willing, I'm able and welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling. If you have not done so already, follow us on all forms of social media at A Shot of Wrestling. No A on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also contact us via email at inbox at a shot of wrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on a shot of wrestling hotline. Now we say it time and time again that wrestling brings us together and today is no different. Today we are joined by one of the best referees in the business. You may be familiar with him from his work in ROH, Beyond Wrestling, Creator Pro, WrestlePro, ZZW. Tonight, from Long Island, New York, baby, Mr. Steve Duming, welcome to A Shot of Wrestling. Woo! It is an absolute pleasure. I want to say, as uh, right off the bat, I, I, I did graduate from Hofstra University with an English major, so I can appreciate your very pun- horrific intro i got it with your able that that's, that's <laughs> so much sense I, should, I had to make sure i included that before i forgot to say it but yes ladies and gentlemen it is steven demang in the house and i'm very happy to be here thank you for having me 
Dude, it's it's a pleasure. I I mean, I see you everywhere. I see you traveling. Your 2019 has been insane because every show that I feel like I've been at, you have been working. Are you tired? Or, or is 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 has referee been your main gig also uh, in this past year? I mean, it has been this this past year. Um, I've been doing more than ever. Fortunately, uh, doors have opened. And let me tell you, if you're motivated, you're hungry, and you want this, and you're serious about it, man, the beauty of 2019 going into 2020 pro wrestling is that there's places to eat left and right. Let me tell you, 2019 was a very prolific year for me. Uh, I got to do my first pay-per-view ever through Ring of Honor with Best in the World. They're doing some things, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited for what they have planned um, going into 2020. There's a lot of exciting guys that are going to be a part of, of the events going forward. And, I mean, seeing guys like Alex Zane, the return of Dan Moff, uh, you have Dan Housen, Maria Manic, you know, on top of people like Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham, Tracy Williams, you know, PJ Black. Uh, we can go on and on. Obviously, Vincent, uh, Matt Taven, you know, the, the roster is unbelievable. Yeah, the roster is totally stacked. Um, I mean, man, you know, you have so many different flavors of wrestling being represented. And that's actually something I'm very happy about being part of places like Ring of Honor, Beyond Wrestling, where the the rosters are so diverse. I get to work with so many different types of uh, pro wrestlers and each environment, each uh, match I officiate is always a different experience. But that said... You know, I was very happy with 2019, and I took advantage. I was very opportunistic, and uh, one thing that Tony Nese always told me was, you got to find a job that's going to help you facilitate your dream, and mm. that's something that I always aim to do. So before my current run, if you will, I was working for Nielsen doing television ratings. I was working for GameStop. I had a brief stint with Nintendo. I've worked in uh, AT&T. I worked at a who's who of places and even down to my current job, which is also probably one of the most gratifying things I do is working with special needs adults um, on top of, uh, aside from my job at pro wrestling refereeing, I also pick up random acting gigs whenever that comes around. That said, going back to working with special needs adults, it's, it's something so satisfying and so gratifying to be able to influence someone's life and help someone develop and, and, and grow and uh, have those goals. Um, I'm so surprised that you a have like a shoot job or... also though. Yeah, you know, you, know actually... you literally were everywhere. Like every every event I went to, every time I saw you post things, I'm like, this is awesome. It's a great year for him. You know, how do you find the balance between, you know, having the shoot job, spending time with family and friends and professional wrestling? Um, I do want to steal this one from from Joe Drombrowski. I hope I didn't butcher his last name, but uh, he, he does some of the commentary at Ring of Honor, and I had a car ride with him recently going to Final Battle. It's a good point is that, you know, pro wrestling refereeing is, is you know, it's a shoot job. I, I get paid for this, um, mm-hmm. thankfully, at this point. You know what I mean? It's it's another job that I do. I, I do acting stuff when I pick that up, whether it's extra work or small roles, hopefully getting to uh, become SAG, which would be great because I want to get them big-time acting roles, get that big money. Mm-hmm. But that said, uh, till I get there, you know, I don't consider having a shoot job. You know, I... I Pro wrestling is something that has been able to pay bills because I busted my ass and I travel and I made myself an asset. That's the way I perceive it. And that was a good way that he put it into uh, – he positioned it for me. I'm paraphrasing on his behalf, but in any case, the way he put it into perspective is that, you know, wrestling is a shoot job too. It's yeah. not just – Oh, what else? You know, that other shoot job. So it was very enlightening because when you put that into perspective, I Absolutely. thought about it. I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it's a very valid point. You know, this is something that I'm making my life 
and it's helping pay bills and it's helping. Uh, I got a brand new car, man. 2019 wow. Yaris, baby. So long story short, I worked at other jobs and I'm very happy to work as a special needs uh, life mentor or uh, coach. Mm. Um, it's very gratifying. So it was pretty cool to put those things together and per DM. So I, I have a very flexible schedule. Going back to my point about Tony Nice, is that you'll find a job get yourself where you need to go because very early on, man, you know, you got to show that you're willing to want this, especially as a, in the other category. Um, you're not going to be right off the bat, you know, or, you know, not even as a pro wrestler necessarily. It's very, very similar. You're not going to be flown all over the place right off the bat, or, you know, your hotels are not going to be covered, man. I've slept in cars. I've done what I've had to do to make sure I got to myself, myself point A to point B. And a lot of that involved, again, having jobs that had schedules that are very flexible and there's no excuse. I found jobs that worked every single time. I named like maybe I can name like six or seven. Yeah. And, uh, and on top of other things that people do, whether it's training or things of that nature, um, there's very many jobs you could jump into that help facilitate uh, living in pro wrestling. Again, find a job with a, a very flexible schedule because if you want this, you'll make it happen. So that's exactly what Tony Nese, in my words, told me. So. Well, you were talking about that flexibility and, you know, as a referee, there's a lot of hats you guys wear and you guys are very flexible in, you know, doing the in-ring work. And I, I know you guys work really hard before the shows, behind the scenes, in, in the day of the life of a referee, when you show up to a show, what are some of the different hats you wear? Oh, let me tell you, brother. No, uh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. One of the key elements in becoming an asset, again, especially as an other, I'm a pro wrestling referee and I know my job and I know my roles. And knowing my what my role is as a pro wrestling referee, I'm not an attraction in that sense. I'm not uh, a draw. No one's paying to necessarily see me. Um, you know, the performers are, are, are the wrestlers that, um, however, we're different kinds of performers. We're there to accentuate the action mm -hmm. and we're there to enhance things. So, you know, we're there to enhance the stories. We're there to enhance the action. We're there to um, give messages. Those are things that me knowing that has helped me become a, a better performer in the ring as a referee and knowing my knowing your role in the good words of The Rock. As long as you know your role, <laughs> you'll be able to excel at it. And I feel like I've been able to be really good at it because I knew where what what the purpose of my job was to promote the safety and the rules of the match and also make sure people get from point a to point b on top of again enhancing that whether it's with um helping uh you know again going back to your question or rather your question of um what else do we do mm -hmm. Woo, that's it right there just being a messenger man a referee is a messenger whether it's you know during during the performance itself or whether it's during the the in the back um, you know, I help a lot with, especially at, at Beyond Wrestling, a lot of the transportation coordination. I mean, I'm usually the one doing the, the New York area, and we have mm -hmm. a load of talent coming from New York. Let me tell you, between Creator Pro, House of Glory, and NYWC, there's no uh, shortage of, of talent coming out of this area. Right. It's something that you have to always consider is being able to just be more than what your role is. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be that much harder to replace. Sadly, is everyone replaceable? To an extent, yes. However, uh, whether those gaps get filled as well, you know, that's that's where the debate comes. Right. So while anyone can necessarily do what I do as a referee, the basics of it are simple, sure, you know. One, two, three, et cetera. However, there's so much more to it. You know what I mean? It's so, Let's it's talk a, about that a little job. bit. It's not, it's not just 
that. So if you want to be particularly good at refereeing, it's not just. I agree. And, you, and you brought up a, a few points in that. And let's get into um, like your job in the ring, because what a lot of people don't realize is you you're. You are a messenger, and a lot of times, you know, if injuries happen or you need to check in on people after a certain spot and things throughout the match, you are that messenger to the back to EMT, like like something's going on. Have you ever been in that situation when something didn't go the right way and you checked up oh, on someone? Uh, of course. I mean, that just happened on the last season of Uncharted Territory. Uh, actually, happened in season one and two um, to both Bacon Brad Hollister, um, who suffered a knee injury during his match with Chuck O'Neill. That to throw out immediately. Same with uh, Jay Freddy, who unfortunately fell off the top rope. Uh, he was jockeying for position with Brandon Thurston. You know, that's that's the type of insight that you have to have. Like, unfortunately, some people that aren't trained or don't know what to do in a situation like that, or how to even um, properly relay a message or check up on people. You know, so people can legit. I mean, you've seen it. I mean, yeah. people have legitimately gotten hurt, um, and the matches weren't thrown immediately. Like I saw. You know, being a massive MMA fan, I'll, I'll tell you that. But, you know, being aware, sometimes uh, a lot of referees um, on the independent circuit that aren't necessarily referees. <laughs> uh, you know, it's sad. Sometimes you watch a lot of shows and uh, some of these fans are, 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 are let me rephrase that, some of these referees are, are actually fans. And that's heartbreaking um, because it's something so, there's so much, such a big liability because, you know, God forbid something goes wrong or someone doesn't know what they're doing or you have the safety of, of people in the hands of that person. And, right. Uh, that said, when I saw Jay topple to the ground, I knew he was out, out immediately. Immediately, I threw the match out immediately. We cover. We had EMTs on site. I, you know, threw up the X. Um, you know, what I mean, like that's something that I saw immediately. I knew there was a problem as soon as he hit the ground. I knew I had to throw that out immediately, and we got help instantly. And he actually was able to recover, and he was out on his, uh, you know, he's up on his two feet on his own accord. You know mm. what I mean? I was. Thank God, you know, and that's the type of same thing with Brett Hollister, who unfortunately we had to obviously, you know, the match ended, but he was he was rational, he was able to be tended to, and we're able to take him um, out of the situation immediately because unfortunately he had, he had a bad spill himself. You know, it's pro wrestling is very much like watching a movie, man, um, or you know, better yet, watching like a play because you know while things are scheduled to happen. Mm -hmm. um, there are things that are going to go off the script, whether it's an injury or someone just goes literally off the script and, 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 and changes things up <laughs> or, um, you know, and, and as someone who has an acting background, that stuff kicks in very well just to improvise. You kind of have to know how to react and uh, having a background in acting has been able to help me accentuate when needed, you know, my facial expressions or, you know, your body language as a referee. We're not, um, for me personally, my style, I'm never trying to be the focal point or stand out. Right. But, um, you know, me, my style is more of a down the line shooter, if you will, um, if that makes any sense. But <laughs> that's my description of what I do. You know, and I, and again, I wear many different hats. I, I, one of the things I've been very fortunate in my pro wrestling career is that right off the bat, I wasn't even supposed to referee. I was, I was, We'll backtrack a little bit because this is my four into wrestling. It was all an accident. The very first show I did was FWE back in 2000, uh, I believe that was 11. Uh, and this is actually plays to why I'm not so nervous about stuff in general whenever I'm in a situation where I'm refing a really big match, thank God. Uh, I've got a lot of experience going into places like Beyond and ROH, 
And, and whenever there are marquee matches that I've refereed, whether it's at Battle Club, WrestlePro, CZW, etc., off my first night, I was refereeing for guys, you know, like, I believe, I, yeah, Eric Young versus Damian Darling was one of the first matches I've ever refereed. Wow. Uh, so right on the first night, I got to work with literally a, a superstar, and he was a TNA at that point. But my first night, and what's crazy, and again, this just goes to show you, with opportun- being an opportunistic person, just being there and just showing face and being available, is that I've never, I had never refereed prior to that night. I had trained. Uh, my brother's a pro wrestler. Some people don't know this, but Colossal Mike Law. Uh, Good friends of the show. My, my, yeah, say he's been on the show, and uh, you know, thankfully you're here, which means you survived, and we're here to tell it. <laughs> but that said, um, yeah, Mike introduced me into pro wrestling, and obviously he's my, he's my, he's not my, he's my brother, brother, not not my like, you know, good old, you know, brother. No, he's my brother, brother, my in fact real blood, uh, blood brother. How how many and, years are you guys apart? Oh, that's a mystery. No, I'm kidding. Hey, we're, uh, <laughs> Mike, I, I think, was it 10, 18, eight years apart? I had to do the math, actually. I, I'm glad I can count. Thank God I'm a referee. Yeah. But, <laughs> in any case, uh, yeah, eight, eight years apart. And Mike introduced me to WWF when I was very young. Man, I remember one of the first matches I was watching was, uh, oh, man, my, my wrestling history is the best. But I believe it was, uh, ooh, was it Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall in a ladder match? WrestleMania? Oh, wow. WrestleMania well, 10. Yes. Okay. So WrestleMania 10. Okay. So I'm not too far off there. Um, and then, uh, you know, I remember watching one, two, three kid, man. I, I was always very inspired by, by the smaller guys like Shawn Michaels, one, two, three kids. And I mean that relative to the WWE of WWF roster at that time. And, uh, you know, guys like Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, those guys really inspired me to just enjoy pro wrestling in general and just watching it. Those guys really drew me in because Mike showed me those. I remember seeing uh, Cactus Jack, man. He showed me a picture of him all bloodied up. I was terrified, but I was also intrigued. And, um, you know, that's really the type of stuff that Mike exposed me to. Maybe that's why I'm all messed up in the head. Mike. So Thanks. if he's exposing uh, you but... to these things and, <laughs> and, and Mike turns into becoming a wrestler, why – how did you get on your road to being a referee? Why didn't you become a wrestler? Um, Mike was training at Arena Puerto Rico in, in Brooklyn, New York. So right off the bat, at the right age of, I believe, my time frame here is right because everything feels the same at this point because when you travel so much, everything just meshes into like one melting pot. And um, yeah, I, I, when I was there at a young age, man, I got introduced to people like Homicide, Quiet Storm, uh, Lathan, the Tower of Torture. Oh, man, I remember him. Uh, Latin Rage. Uh, a lot of those guys moved on to LIWF or the Doghouse, you know, like uh, the Steve Mack and and and, and Papa Don and, and Dan Moth and Low Key, and it was cool to uh, again work with those people, meet them at, at a young age, and then work with them years later in marquee matches. But when I was with Mike, I used to don a mask. I was El Nino. No way, El Nino. I swear to you, there are pictures, there's footage of this <laughs> of me running the ropes, doing head scissors, looking like El Torito, and um. <laughs> Dude, running spots, and uh, yeah, I, I, Mike taught me, you know, how to run the ropes, how to bump, you know, things of that nature. I was even in a rumble. I got, you know, fresh wow. plants out okay. of it, but I got caught, and I was safe at a young, young age, <laughs> and uh, this is years and years ago, but um, yeah, man, at Arena Puerto Rico, it was a good time. I got to, to learn the fundamentals of pro wrestling, and again, being around it and learning it from Mike, just being able to... to, to be engrossed by that and, and, and consumed by it at a young age was really fun. And then, uh, honestly, Mike was doing his thing. And 
as I got a little older, going into my teenage years, I really, really discovered my love of MMA. I was like really into pr- uh, uh, pride fighting championships. I would stay up on SureDog.com at like three in the morning, four in the morning on their forums, being able to uh, freaking hit refresh left and right, hoping that I could find a torrent or a feed of, of that uh, footage so I could watch it because I wouldn't be able to otherwise. Yeah, man, that, that's really what I was gravitating towards. So I actually started doing media and MMA before ever even going into refereeing. Interesting. Then, wow. Yeah. Do you ever see yourself actually, being a, a referee for like, you know, an MMA promotion? That's, man, that's on my to-do list. I would love to be one of the first. I would, I think first, I could be wrong here. People to referee a pro wrestling match and an MMA fight. But that said, yes, I, I was very much engrossed in MMA. Um, God bless her. I worked at 1495 Sports doing media with her, uh, Stacey Poldesky, who's awesome. I wish her the best. And things unfortunately didn't pan out. And uh, that kind of led into um, me stumbling upon pro wrestling. Because actually, I tried to, I, I'm rushing the storyline. Man, my timeline's really bad now. Because that was concurrent with when I was doing um, refereeing. I just wasn't refereeing full time, I should mm. say, at that, at that point. Because I was only doing FWE. I, I started in 2011, and I was doing FWE stuff till 2015 when they closed. And then fortunately, around the end of 2014, 2015, I was able to go into uh, Long Island and really branch out because of my experience at FWE. And that's why I discovered Creator Pro Wrestling, which is my home these days, alongside places like NYWC and um, VPW were places where I got my start in Long Island and then branch out from 2015 and, you know, to being where I am today in ROH and beyond and all those other places. And I was very fortunate to be involved with uh, an agency called um, Tomorrow Talent that was a a bit of a, a, a bust, but I am fortunate for the experience I gained from them. So I'm one of those, and this is something that's universal with me and just in general, man, you got to see the positive in things. Like I, I can't be around negative vibes. I've that. been around things like that before, man. You know, I've, it's, it's rough and it can consume you and put you in a dark place, man. I've been very fortunate to get away from someone or some people that were bad influences in very negative life. Uh, I'm sorry. It led negative lifestyles. Thankfully I didn't let myself, go down with that ship and I rose above it. Actually, that's part of the reason why I even grew my hair out to be honest with you, which I, like I said, um, I do donate to wigs for kids. So all again, long haired individuals, please, if you ever are going to cut your hair and you haven't done all, you know, you haven't dyed it and done all types of stuff to it. You're able to donate to wigs for kids, which is a charity I believe in. So please check that out. And that's where my hair goes every, I've donated three times already. In the last, I want to say, four years since I started growing, uh, three, the five. That's awesome. yeah, about five years or so. So I've donated three, three times, and uh, that's that's part of part of what drives me to to, to always keep my my lovely Latin locks flowing, and um, yeah. So it's a it's a great cause. Yes, you know, and say, like you know, you sound like a very I mean, positive person. You were mentioning you. a lot about you know. Um, surrounding yourself with people who are very positive now is this a type of personality you've always had throughout yes. your life really ve- you wouldn't you wouldn't know this but uh, as a referee because i really i'm in the shadows and if you're in the shadows i feel like that's one of the best compliments you can get as a referee is that people didn't even notice you there so um <laughs> that's 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 definitely something i consider a compliment and um you wouldn't think i'd have this this very charming yeah i'm putting myself over but it's very charming very very elegant very uh you know very charismatic persona uh but 
going to acting school, being a model when I was younger, and doing a couple photo shoots. I was in a, a few books and magazine, if I say so oh. myself, uh, which was pretty cool as a young Latin stud. And, um, you know, I was able to parlay that into um, some non-speaking roles and some smaller things in acting. What would be your biggest and, acting gig that you've I had? I mean, probably the biggest thing I've done was uh, I was a in hazmat and all. So it's, it's cheating because it's a recent thing. But I was in a hazmat, so I was a CSI for a show called Killer Closers on ID Channel or Investigation Discovery. So that was pretty cool. I got a lot of camera time, uh, despite being an extra. It was a small non-speaking role, but I'll take it. And, and you can totally That's tell cool. it's me. Really? Could, I'm all dressed up, but you can see the hair, man. That's why the <laughs> hair is an identifying object. It was totally me. But uh, I'm hoping to do more acting stuff in general because of scheduling and being able to pursue that so i would love to do more of it and um so that's just one of those things guys subtle hints y'all can hit me up for acting i'm always down well so, you know our co-host uh, to the show is, is an actor i'm sure it, oh. you guys could have a nice discussion they mark schwan hollywood assassin oh. mark schwan yes yeah. let's do let's do some 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 improv i love it when it comes down to acting improv improvising or when it comes to theater performance etc improvising has always been my favorite and all that stuff comes in super handy for pro wrestling i can't address that enough yeah you know again going all the way back to the point that you initially asked me i was very um much not into pro wrestling growing up as a teen because i kind of got away from it and discovered mma and then I would go to whatever shows. This is literally what brought me back. Mike would go on these shows. Mike would be driving all over the place. God bless his soul because he still does it. Mm-hmm. And Mike is, again, he doesn't get enough love, man. He's one of the most like hardworking dudes I've ever met. And I always motivate him. He motivates me. You know, uh, I got to referee his, his, his ROH, which I thought was pretty cool uh, when he awesome. wrestled Shane Taylor. So, hey, if anyone ever asks if I'm biased towards my brother, there you have it. No, but <laughs> <laughs> he, he lost the match, guys. Now, uh, all jokes aside, um, it was cool to be able to, to have that experience with Mike being on, on TV on such a big platform because we watched WWF growing up together. So for me, that was something that was really cool, and I know that meant a lot to him. And I keep, again, I keep telling him, you know, one of the things that works in pro wrestling, you got to know what's trending, and if you're creating content, you're putting your name out there, uh, you will be undeniable. That's something that, delirious said at trial i was at our rh you know that's something that is true and i and i stand by those words like you want to be undeniable um you want to make sure that uh you are not you know you you are proven and um that said you know going back to the point of being opportunistic i was being brought back into the world by mike because he was still pursuing his dream he still is we, we both are yeah and I would join him at shows, and I didn't go as a wrestler. Again, I would join him at training sessions here and there just to freshen up, like whether it's bumping or things of that nature. Um, so I was still getting involved wrestling, even though I never pursued being a wrestler because I wasn't interested. I just wasn't, you know, while I think the idea of being a pro wrestler is very cool, and I do like it, uh, for me, it just, you know, I was more focused on acting and modeling, theater, and things of that nature. And then when I went to college, I was a radio TV film minor is why I sound so amazing on you this sound podcast. Great. Yeah, of course. And <laughs> silky, <laughs> right. silky tones. Humble brag. Soak that in. But uh, and I was an English major, so I was really focused on other endeavors. Uh, also, gaming is my passion, which I still am all about it. I was not interested in, in pursuing a career in pro wrestling because I wasn't really. Again, it just wasn't my my calling. It wasn't my interest. I enjoyed it. I liked the idea of it. 
you know, I supported Mike and I would go to shows and write reviews. He would always ask me oh, to give his opinion. And, you know, as someone who was pursuing an English major, this stuff really kind of went hand in hand. I got to post, you know, uh, things on like message boards and stuff. I don't even remember where or what usernames they were. So good luck finding it. That said, I would always comment. Uh, and actually, to be fair, a lot of it was written. This is before the interwebs, now that I think about it, because Mike really broke into pro wrestling in the dark ages. So it wasn't as easy as it is today. And uh, we have so many more outlets to, to, to blow up, if you will. Yeah. Um, Twitter wasn't really live back in the early 2000s. Same with uh, things like Instagram and Facebook. And, um, you know, I mean, gifts. I don't even know if that stuff was really even. No, 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 uh, not at all. Do you enjoy that so. part of, of what's going on in wrestling today? The fact that, you know, if you are a fan, you're able to grab that content as easy as just checking out uh, someone's Instagram page or Twitter handle. I think it's amazing. We live in a, a, a very a world in a society where convenience over everything. And if you can give someone a bite-sized bit of what you're about and it's seven seconds long, you make you make the most out of seven seconds. You end up like someone like Dan Housen who blew up all over the place. Kudos to him for really knowing what to do and how to create really engaging content. Mm-hmm. And man, that you know, everyone I, I didn't I wasn't even familiar with Dan Housen. I never heard of him um, prior to his Beyond debut. I want to say right. like what. Uh, five months ago or maybe a little less than that. Let's say this um, past year is really when I started to get to know a little bit more about yeah, him. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with him. And then all of a sudden I see everyone changing their last name to Housen, Housen this. And I'm like, oh, man, this guy has a really – and this is something – is just advice in general too. He's doing something different, man. There's so many pro wrestlers. There's thousands upon thousands of pro wrestlers, uh, especially as, as a uh, – as a male competitor, you know, there there are far less females, so it's a bit different for females. But for males, you know, you, you, you need to stand out that much more because there are so many more that the pool's bigger. And, uh, you know, you want to do things that are going to be different. So kudos to, to Dan Housen for a very exceptional paint, uh, <laughs> a face paint. I love it. It's very like right off the bat. I didn't I never seen wrestle. I never heard of him. I didn't know where he was from. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, I was intrigued and I knew this guy was someone to watch. And, you know, now you'll be in ROH this, this, this week. Is that uh, that same weekend, competition so. that is be between like the referee community? You know, I got to say, I'm very fortunate, man. I worked with a who's who of referees and I personally have never been given any amount of, this is no no bs either like you know we've been very supportive man um a lot of guys like stefan uh stefan smith who's in wwe nxt right now he's on nxt tonight god bless him i'm so happy for him uh you know everyone uh and he's just one example like my buddy chris bankos um adam galt they're, they've been on mlw jake clemens jeff bundy holding it down on on, on evolve you know i thankfully have been doing my thing in roh uh paul turner bryce aubrey um, Rick Knox. I worked with all four of them in, in mm-hmm. different uh, outside of uh, All Elite, obviously, and they're doing their thing in All Elite. I have a few friends that, in, in WWE that are doing their thing, man. Um, Bandito Jr., Ref Bennett, and a lot of those guys, man. Uh, I got to work with outside of you know before they moved on to those different places, and yeah, everyone's always been so supportive, man. Like, you know, that's something I'm very, I'm very proud of. And again, going back to that point of positivity, man, that's what you want to surround yourself around. A lot, a lot of you know, the entertainment industry is going to be a roller coaster man a lot of ups and downs the worst way to interpret something as oh it was a waste of time or it was a waste of, mm-hmm. of experience or whatever that's yeah. not true you have to the, the way i've ever looked at something that people would construe as a waste of time is either a well i'll never do that again so that's a good lesson mm-hmm. i learned to not do that so that's positive positive. and second you know well i was able to 
network with somebody or I was able to meet someone I would never have met or I got right. to talk to someone I never got to speak to. I mean, I, I, probably, I pretty much just explained networking in three different ways in one sentence. But regardless, there is never a waste of time, man. There's always a reason for everything you do. It's such a, it's a toxic way of looking at things, man. I've been very fortunate to deviate from people that perceive things that way. And if they have and they're friends of mine and people have reached out to me, uh, I always, again, it's all about how you condition your mind to think. Um, yeah, you know, again, going back to the point of Mike, Mike, I always tell him, just got to keep going, man. Don't give up. Keep doing it. It sounds cheesy, but it's the truth, man. You got to keep moving forward. You got to keep going through the adversity. You know, no one's journey is the same and you can't compare yourself to, you know, not everyone's journey is going to be a Matt Riddle or MJF, but you know, people like Tony East took 12 years and he's a, yeah. a stud. That guy's phenomenal, but it took him I, I, maybe 10 or 12 years to get to WWE and now he's there. He's, he's had a, a you know freaking amazing set of matches there. Being in WrestleMania, he he won the cruiserweight title as well. You know what I mean? Like that that stuff that's marquee stuff. But does you can't compare yourself to other people. Your journey is unique, and the more you compare yourself to others, the harder it's going to be to move forward. In my opinion, yeah, so, no, absolutely um, agree. I think uh, we've said it to like between our circle and the in the podcast community here, you know, if we could start comparing ourselves to other podcasts or what other people are doing, we're never going to just enjoy the journey that we're on, you know? Yeah, and, man. And, and just be true to it. Like you said, we all have an individual unique journey and the more we could get enjoyment out of it and spread that positivity, the more I think it's going to attract more positive people to you and it's going to attract man. more opportunities because who doesn't want to be around great positive yeah. people right you know uh, a couple of my friends again jeremy marcus nick banano Odie brown Odie is in evolve he's an awesome dude uh he made a group message for for the referees called zebra talk which is awesome <laughs> uh you know it's really cool to see people like drake younger or um jason ayers had been um you know discussing topics of interest there too so it's really cool uh to to, to pick their brains when when available and then uh learn from them and then also what kind of uh, questions yourself, do but... like your peers have for you now? Someone who's pretty seasoned, been through a lot of different promotions. What kind of advice do they search you for? Um, you know how to get yourself out there. You know, I've I've done Evolve tryout. I did, and I got to work for them. In the past, uh, I've done tryouts for Monster Factory, which helped me a lot. Um, thank you, Danny Kitch, and I've thanked him in person. Uh, but it, that helped me a lot going into my Ring of Honor tryout because a lot of the drills, a lot of the um, exercises he did in that tryout were similar in ring of honors tryout and i was very fortunate to have done monster factory before that which helped me give me a good way to gauge where i was and and what to expect even though i didn't know it would be similar it's obviously not the same but what kind of exercises do they make you do for a tryout as a referee it's a bit different um but you know you want to be able to you know be consistent with your count you want to be able to look the part so you know i mean uh be physically fit never hurts you know in a tryout situation that's for me you know what worked is just hitting the gym being in shape and uh not that i'm you know an adonis but you know i do hit the gym <laughs> here and there and um stay fit and then also being consistent and going into a place like ROH was good for me was being able to have a, a resume, man. I got to work in England with LDN before that. And um, I got to work at CZW when I, they use headsets there, which is a big thing. Well, they had to use headsets when I was there mm. initially. And um, that's stuff they use on TV, as, as we know. What kind of and, information um, gets communicated on those headsets? 
I mean, you get all kinds of messages, honestly. Uh, you know, a lot of it, make sure you're facing the right cameras and things of that uh, nature, you know, timing, things of that, of, of that capacity. Timing is pretty um, important. And I think I that's something that you guys get communicated very, a lot. Very important. So again, you're a messenger in that role. Yeah. And it's very important to affect, uh, you know, effectively communicate. And that's just anything in life. Those are the type of things you want. You want to go in for me personally, my best advice, you know, you want to go into a situation with, uh, with a tryout with as much experience as possible. And, you know, it was all a game plan. Once I was, once I knew FWE was the, the writing was on the wall and they were going to go out of business, which they did. I had to plan accordingly. I was like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this. Maybe, maybe I should branch out. And I was fortunate to branch out to VPW and MYWC. And then from there, I was able to meet again. It was all like a, a, a roadmap. So I knew that I could meet uh, and work with DJ Hyde at NYWC because I've seen him there. And then I was able to work with him a lot and then do a pseudo tryout, if you will, uh, through Dojo Wars. Mm -hmm. And then from there, go into CZW system. And then from there, I met Dave Marquez. I was able to, as years later, but I was able to meet him and then go to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and uh, work with them and get my first bit of ever bit of, of TV experience, which is awesome. Very fortunate for that. And then that even helped me do a spot with NWA, which was really cool. And then, um, again, I had, when I came back to the New York, I was working with other places, tier one, when that was a thing. And I met Sanjay from, from LDN. So, you know, you got to invest in yourself. You know I mean? I can't stress enough, especially as a newer or younger official in general, like people want to know how serious you are about this, especially in the other category, where it's not really common for people that are referees to travel. Now it's more commonplace, which is awesome. But in the past it wasn't. And, uh, as an indie referee or announcer, things of that nature, which is why I also uh, Mark Adam Haggerty is the man because he, he also gets it. Uh, very similar trajectories. And, um, you know, you, you want to be in a position to move around. And I was able to do that and then meet the right people because I knew what, what was there. And then, again, just network and then show that you're willing and then invest in yourself. Whether that means initially flying yourself to places, taking yourself, you know, that's that's a, that's the investment. The value isn't in the money, at, you know, that you're getting at, at that show at that moment, especially when you're early on. Mm -hmm. You know, the value is in the experience, and that's what I can't stress enough of. Um, build your resume. Be willing to put yourself in a position to travel and be all over the place. And then, you know, at some point, you know, God willing, it happens. You get your tryout or however it goes. And then, you know, then you're getting flown to other places. Then you're getting taken care of, getting hotels, all this stuff. That stuff doesn't come overnight. You have to be able to sleep in your car for forever. Uh, and that's actually kind of what got me into pro wrestling. Mike would bring me in to, to do reviews for shows. I was showing up to shows. The very first show at FWE, the, the, the both referees no-showed. Wow. Both referees that were supposed to be on the show no-showed. So me and Johnny Knockout, who's a, a wrestler, lives in florida these days uh were the first referees for the show so he got in he refereed i remember being so nervous <laughs> and my very first night of the job this is mind you i think it was like maybe 15 minutes before bell and they were like hey none of our referees showed up so we need referees so uh, johnny was there you know again getting your foot in the door this is just showing opportunity he was willing to referee even as a wrestler he was still able, he was still willing and wanting and he did it and then um, I, using Mike's shoes, because I didn't have shoes that were black, so, and not that that was the least of my worries, considering what I wore was embarrassing, but me being a, you know, my 24-inch pythons, no, I, <laughs> I wore a double X, no, I'm sorry, I think it was a triple XL shirt from the gym at St., uh, this was at St. Uh, Pat's in Brooklyn, 
It was my very first show. So whenever WrestlePro had gone back there, it was always a nice homecoming for me. Um, yeah, at St. Pat's, I wore their soccer referee's gym shirt, which was just the regular stripes. And it was I, it was so big that I had to tie it and tuck it in, and it still fit like a dress on my 110-pound <laughs> frame. And then I wore jeans, which is a, a massive no-no. Uh, I don't even know if I had a belt on, which is another – oh, my God. I was wearing white socks. I had a necklace on. I had earrings. It was the wor- like the crappiest look you could ever – all those things I just said you should not be doing as a referee at all. Like That is the completely not correct attire for a referee. And I was very fortunate for my second show to work with someone like Kevin Keenan who had worked in WWE. And he showed me – like I, was, I wasn't formally trained to referee because I trained to wrestle. And I was able to, on my second, third show, work with someone like Kevin Keenan that was able to whip me into shape almost immediately, which was great. My very first, uh, I'm sorry, my second night on the job when I was there, I got to referee Jay Lethal and Eric Young. And it was cool to have that bit of homecoming for work, uh, working with Jay when I was my second show in. And then I got to referee, actually most recently, his final battle match. His tag title match with, with Jonathan Gresham, which was a, a five-star classic. So that was really cool to be able to just put that all there and on a, and go from the indies of New York all the way to a massive platform in Ring of Honor and be a part of such an important title match and put on a hell of a show. It was really fun to be a part of, of those journeys. And then, um, yeah, so that's what it was. I was just there. You've been put in some great situations. I mean, not just this past year, from but it sounds like from a lot of from the beginning, you've been put in a lot of great opportunities. Yeah, Uh, right, right off the bat, I I I was able to kick those nerves very quickly. Again, working with people like Jay Lethal, Eric Young, Maria Kanellis. Do you still get nervous when you um, right before a show? The cool thing is, you walk out with the announcer almost always. Uh-huh. And um, so usually it's the announcer who's going to set the tempo for the show because they're going to be speaking. They're going to be talking. I'm just going into the ring with them and then going to a corner and just standing stoic. So that actually is that, that really alleviates a lot of the nerves that I would have because again, I'm not the focal point. Right. And I know that unless there's a specific reason for it and knowing that it makes me feel a lot more at ease because People are coming to see the wrestlers. People are coming to see them perform and for me to enhance those those performances. So that really makes it a, a lot easier to, to, to go into because for Final Battle, it was pretty much just me and Todd Sinclair. And I refereed about half the show, and that was my second pay-per-view ever. And that would – you know, it's there's a lot of pressure there. But I'm very fortunate to have worked, uh, you know, with a who's who of people going into that situation. I've been able to work with Todd uh, very – hands-on with him and that's been exceptional because he's so smart he's one of the best referees in the game today and i was very able to work with paul turner when he was there as well pick his brain you know and i still again i still speak with both of them and i'm still able to fortunately whenever i have questions or anything of that nature uh they're both very easy to talk to and help me so much so people like kevin keenan todd sinclair um paul turner brian hebner when when he was he, he had a a brief stint with ROH was great to work with him and pick his brain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got to work with pretty much everyone from all elite wrestling, uh, which is really cool. Cause I've also, uh, picked their brains and, um, what kind of you know, questions do you, did you ask Brian Hepner? Um, he actually brought up some great things to me about like making sure your count is consistent and making sure that it's not 
obvious that, you know, it's about to be the ending or sometimes when people count a faster or slower, mm. um, it might be a little tip off that, you know, the end is near or something like that. Gotcha. He just stressed being consistent. So that's stuff that I got to pick his brain about, like things like that. So, so like consistency, your appearance, um, what kind of pants do you see? Uh, pants always seems to be the thing. Like, yeah, I'm a why is guy, that? So, I, I, I love Dickies. Uh, Dickies is always the, the go-to. But you know what? They ash in the knee part because we're, we're bending down so much mm. or we're, we're, we're on our knees a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what she yeah, said. That's what, she, uh, or that, that's what anyone said, to be honest. <laughs> but regardless, <laughs> regardless, regardless, um, you know, they get white on the, on, the, uh, on the knee part, and it's very obvious, and it stands out on camera, so – you know, again, as a referee, it's a valid point. I would never have thought to, of that, but you're right. You don't, you don't want to stand out much, so you want to see what brands work the best. And I, even though I love wow. Dickies, that tends to happen. So there are other brands, that, like uh, I believe Hagar. There was another one someone mentioned that it's never a bad idea to kind of switch around. I'm still a Dickies guy. Don't get me wrong. I'm trying to get that Dickies sponsorship, but um, what a promo yeah, you we, could we, cut. We, we, we asked Dickies all right. We, never ashes in the knees. Never ashes in the knees, except sometimes. <laughs> but it, it depends. It, it sucks because it's very sometimes they do something real so i mean i'm still a dickies guy regardless because they're easy to find they're, you know they're up the road at my walmart 20 bucks comes in handy and i love the look they're very clean very professional looking speaking about the, the referee uh, fashion um right. do you prefer like the zebra stripes do you prefer like sometimes you guys do bow ties is that oh, something yeah, is that a preference know, i think it depends on the audience man or where it's at because I, I admittedly I love when it's more than just the stripes. I, I love mm. when it's like a polo. The CZW polo is yeah. so damn comfortable. Let me tell you. And that and a quick side story. When I debuted CZW, I wasn't wearing my own shirt for six months. So I was borrowing Dan Yost, Nick Papa Giorgio, love those guys, and uh, Trooper Audubon, another gentleman. Those guys, I was using their shirts. Literally, wow. we run to the back, and that's when we had the headsets too. So we had to really run and put these shirts on for, with each other and just share shirts because we didn't have enough shirts. So six months in, I finally got my own shirt, and it felt great to wear it. I slept in it. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> it was really comfortable. I love wearing it. I love logos, like uh, every little bit to, to make it official, man. So whenever it's a polo or uh, whether it's a – if it were up to me, I would love to see, like, maybe we can, you know, at some point get a WrestlePro logo on our white shirts. But I love when there's, like, that little bit of extra detail, man, because, again, Gotta those make the officials details, look official. People, yes, I would say people notice these little things, and it's those little details that people appreciate. So, yes, I love when it's a unique attire. Um, anything to set that brand apart, uh, because that's what's really the importance of pro wrestling is branding and marketing. That stuff goes far and uh yeah man you've traveled with a who's who uh, yes. of travel yes <laughs> can we talk about that for a moment yes uh uncharted territory last year alone i did all 31 weeks that's 31 trips i live in, in new york in long island people think i live in massachusetts and i don't <laughs> i don't that's how often I was there in addition to whatever else I was doing. I did 31 weeks out of 52, 31 to 52. I can't stress enough in one year for both Uncharted Territory season one and two. And in that trip alone, just with Beyond Wrestling, I've had people like my usuals, like Chris Statlander, who I've actually to this day, I've spent the most time with, I think, 
Well, she's the number one wrestler. I had a, a, a leaderboard, if you will. It was initially it was John Silver. John Silver, even though people might not think it, John Silver loves me. We're best friends. Are you maybe really? We're not, maybe we're not best friends, but we are homies. And uh, whether he denies it or not, and uh, I spent a lot of time with John on the road, whether it was for CZW or Beyond or Wrestle Pro or Creator Pro, whatever it might be. And uh, yeah, I I was able to the, the, last year alone. I probably had about. 30 to 40 different wrestlers or wrestling affiliate or, you know, managers, et cetera, in my car or in a car ride that I spent time with. So uh, a lot of those people coming from creative pro wrestling, uh, which is great because again, they're, they're on fire. Uh, A lot of great people coming from there and uh, you'll see more of them and more even uh, also again, NYWC too. You'll see more of those people dropping by for please come back, which is when my next show is coming up at the end of this month and uh, beyond wrestling, which I'm very excited for. It's a cool concept where they bring in established beyond wrestler versus a newcomer. They've never wrestled for beyond wrestling. It's a very cool, fresh concept. I wish more, I hope more wrestling companies do, um, but kudos to beyond for doing it. And yeah, I got to share car rides with Jordan Grace, Chris Statlander, who again holds the number one spot for the car. I know she feels so fortunate me saying this, yeah. the number one spot. And let me tell you, we've done trips to, North Carolina. Does she sit shotgun or? Yes. And is she a good co-pilot? Yes, she is. She is. Man, she stays up. She offers to drive. Because that's a responsibility, being a co-pilot. That really is. That really is. Let me tell you, I've done car rides with people that don't drive. And I love those people. But it is, you know, it obviously makes things difficult. However, you know, we still got to do what you got to do. It's fine. I get it. But I remember, I will never forget this trip. I did a trip with Willow Nightingale, who also, she's number, she slipped to number two. God bless her. She got injured, so she wasn't on the road with us as much. But she'll be back now, stronger than ever. Obviously, she came back at the end of uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, she, slid, she slipped into number two, but she might take number one. Depends. Kristen is 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 still, uh, or Chris Statlander, if you will. Good old yeah. Kristen Statlander. She's, um, she's still doing independent wrestling shows. So I still see her very often, probably to her dismay. But <laughs> she's still with us. And... Um, despite being elite and she's same, same with my buddy, John and Alex. And uh, yeah, with these wrestlers, they're my family there. I have no friends. I have like one best friend. And you know, it's funny when I was growing up, man, I've always told my other, like my, my friends when I was growing up, like unrelated to wrestling, I was like, Oh yeah, I wish I could do these road trips. I wish we got to do all these cool things together. And man, I never got to do it with them, but I'm very happy. I'm able to do that with with my pro wrestling family, man. What's the furthest you've traveled uh, for wrestling? Uh, for, well, I guess mileage wise would be England, but, uh, for LDN wrestling, which is awesome. I had a great time out there. I tour with Dickie Mayer and Darius Cartier. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Mr. Cartier, Mr. Yeah, Cartier, Carter, <laughs> Mr. Carter, Mr. Carter, uh, my, uh, my buddy. And, uh, so I was, I was out there with those guys, but, um, traveling wise would probably, I drove to Kentucky, uh, with Willow oh. Nightingale. And we had to bang out the trip kind of quick. So, yeah, man, from where I lived, that was about, I think, 14, 15 hours one way. And then, um, you know, but again, it was absolutely worth it, man. I can't stress that enough for, for those listening. Do it, man. If you got to go, it's and very satisfying. Very you've had some great so. opportunities. You mentioned that it, it feels, feels like the theme to our conversation today. Yes. Um, as we wrapped up 2019, you had some great opportunities. Now looking into 2020, where are some of the things that are you're looking forward to in this year for yourself? Yeah, I, I, what I want to do is 
work more hands-on with, with uh, independent wrestling referees and, and help them and share the knowledge I've gotten, like I said, from all those people I've gotten to work with. So many people I've been around that are so talented and so, you know, that stuff is very important. So, you know, I'm very fortunate to have been around those people to make myself better. And that's really, that's what I'm looking forward to in 2020. Well, traveling well, listen, more. a lot of the people and, that you've shared those car rides with and a lot of the people who you mentioned throughout this interview are in great opportunity. So hopefully it just brings you closer to them. Maybe a yes. W down the line. I don't it, know. Who knows? I mean, again, uh, I, uh, I'm willing to go wherever this journey takes me, honestly. And I, you know, whether it ends up, uh, you know, wherever it may be, I, I'm very open to any, any and all opportunities that are feasible and make sense to me and that are going to be fruitful. I'm very excited for fishing more and more contests and, uh, you know, I want I want more situations like when Brian Cage can't even get into my Chevy Aveo. So don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, quick He's aside, a big guy. Brian Cage He's is a big massive guy. and was not even able to fit into, uh, you know, it was a 2011 Chevy Aveo. Don't get me wrong. But uh, the car was tiny and he had to sit diagonally and he still couldn't fit properly in this car. Thank God the car ride wasn't long and he was able to get to, uh, I believe it was American Runner for Beyond. And uh, he was able to get through that car and it had a bang of a match, unsurprisingly. And, uh, yeah, he's a very, very big guy, but, um, yeah, man. Well, hopefully we could cool. see uh, some of those images and pictures in your social media. Like recently yes. you were dancing around to the Shawn Michaels theme. Yes, <laughs> for sure. So you can check that out on Ref Stephen Demang uh, and also at Ref Stephen Demang on Twitter, Instagram, Stephen Demang on The Book of Faces. And, yeah, man, you know, again, I just can't stress enough how much this has been positive for me i've been loving every bit of it i've even gotten to now share interviews i feel like an important person that's pretty cool sometimes and uh you are an important person brother i appreciate that man thank you so much and um yeah again i i've been very fortunate to spend so much time with so many good people man Uh, my wrestling experience thank god it's been 97 percent and 97 98 percent positive man i can't no bs like i really have uh, been around really good people and, and fortunate to have been uh, a sponge and take advantage of tryouts, take advantage of, of willing to travel because I love traveling. And also I just want to say, you know, as we start to, uh, to uh, find yourself a job that makes it accessible because pro wrestling is not going to make you money at all during the beginning, but it can be a, a job that makes you money at some point, but you can't go into it thinking that. And, uh, you know, be realistic, create goals that make sense for you. So you don't feel like you're constantly a failure. Again, those are my bits of advice. Travel, build your resume prior to getting to those big opportunities and put yourself in a position to be seen on top of just constantly just promoting yourself and just being positive. Like there's a lot, man, there's so much negativity, so much disgusting crap that I see online uh, that I actually don't really honestly go there. I don't even go on news feeds on Twitter. I don't even look. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm not even lying. I'm telling everyone flat out. I don't even look. Uh, if someone tags me in something, then I see it. But other than that, I actually don't look. Um, also, because people spoil too many things, man. <laughs> so annoying. You know, there's some things I, I'm very late. I do not watch movies. I Going back to my point of making sacrifices, again, I've been single uh, for, for over a year uh, voluntarily. and um, You're married you know, to wrestling. I'm married to it. wrestling. And thank you for understanding. And, uh, you know, I don't have kids. I maybe, I'll maybe have kids at some point. But my main thing right now, man, is to focus on myself, get myself where I want to be. It's even easier to do that when I have less on my plate. 
But I will tell you this, people who think you're too old think that just because you have a family, you can't do this. Maybe you have a job that makes this a little difficult to do. Those things do not matter. There's people like Dan Moff, who is probably one of the best examples of someone like that, who is currently signed to ROH. He's back and is delivering. His match with Jeff Cobb was bananas, and I was so hyped when I saw that I was able to officiate that. And I was so excited to be able to be a part of his, uh, his one of his returning matches uh, to ROH. And it made me so so damn happy because Moth worked his ass off. And again, that guy is a a freaking proof in the pudding that things like you know, oh, I'm too old, or oh, you know, uh, I, I my job is this, that, and another, or you know, uh, man, well, I have a family though. You know, what I mean, you can still do all this stuff. You can still hold, have all those responsibilities. Still get signed. Still got opportunities. No matter how. Uh, how impossible it seems, man. In pro wrestling going to 2020, there's plenty of places to eat. You will find a place to go. Well, brother, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of A Shot of Wrestling. Uh, we're not done just yet, though. We still got last call. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, brother. Hello, everybody. This is referee Stephen Dumang, and you're tuning in to a shot of wrestling thank you so much for checking it out and guys you can check out new episodes on spotify every monday it's time for this week's tv takedown Dude, I gotta say, I knew referees, they have a lot of responsibility, yep. but man, I had no idea. I can never be a referee. Well, besides the point, yeah. yeah. I mean, well done. Great job. Thank you for Stephen Domingue for sitting down with us. You know, we can see more of that uh, was on YouTube, right? Yep. Awesome. All right, Mark, you watch TV this week? I did. Right, take, take it down? Yeah, let's do it, bro. A couple weeks ago, I asked, if, would Drew McIntyre turning face? And you said no. But now this week I'm he wrong. Com- I'm wrong. Yeah. Now this week he comes out, acts like a heel, wrestles like a heel, but he's playing up to the crowd. Right. It's interesting. It's it's a it's a slow turn. Is it a tweener? A term that you've been using lately? Uh, as of right now, yeah. Do you see him as a face? I think he's going to be full face soon. Really? Yeah. Well, bad guys are left and raw. Heels, I mean. Like heels? heels? Yeah. Well, heels. So, the Messiah. Yeah, but they're busy Seth with Seth Rollins, Samoa Joe, and Kevin Owens. You got uh, you got Brock Lesnar, of course. Yeah, that doesn't count. I mean, it doesn't count. I mean, of course, he counts. Yeah. He's he's the universal. No, I'm sorry, he's the world heavyweight champion. He's the WWE champion. WWE champion. When did they get rid of the world heavyweight part? When they united, when they unified both of them. No, but if, at one point it was, the, it was the WWE world heavyweight champion. That was the big gold belt from. No, no, no. no I'm saying when they unified it, it was the WWE oh, no, yeah. world when heavyweight. Oh yeah, when they unified champion. it, yeah, yeah. Then oh, eventually they just got rid of the world heavyweight. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. It's lame, but yeah. Uh, no, Drew McIntyre. I mean, yeah, he, he seems like he's going to be full blown face. Samoa Joe. I don't. I'm not necessarily buying being the face. I'm buying for, it more than I thought I would. I mean, he's doing a good job with I it. I don't good. think it's going to be a long term thing. Okay. I don't know. It's just a feeling I get. I could be wrong. Uh, it's, I was wrong about Drew McIntyre. Yeah. What's Alistair Black's gimmick? I. I, what what what? Why is he raised up like that from candles? You know, I mean, 
I, I really didn't follow him all that much in NXT. I. Um, I knew the name. I've seen him wrestle here and there. I never really understood the character and knew what the character oh, was. Okay. If you let so, us know, if you know, let us know. Dial up 619-343-3005. Hotline's always open. I have to say, it's a cool entrance. It's cool if it made sense. Like, okay, why? He's a, he's a badass in the ring. I don't know. Dude, I, 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 I don't know. I'd love to know. Can I pat myself on the back for some reason? I'm very proud of myself. I mean, it's rare, so go ahead. Is it? <laughs> when Samoa Joe said he had somebody, a third partner, and he was so cocky and like, confident. Mm, right, right, yeah. And then when Kevin Owens saw it, he was very cocky and confident. Mm-hmm. The first and only name that came to my head was Big Show. Really? You knew it was a, you knew it was a Big I was, Show? I was going to tweet it, too. I'm like, my guess is the Big Show. Oh, dude, you should have hit it up. I didn't. Because, go with your instinct. I couldn't think. Cause I, first of all, I knew I was wrong. I'm like, Big Show, I mean... But I couldn't think of anybody else that would be make these two big guys so confident. It's a fucking big show. Yeah, it was well done. Was, it, you know how to be a big name. You had to be a big return. I was racking my brain, and I couldn't think of anybody but the big show. He looks great. Big return, yeah. Yeah. Good, good for him. Do you think it's going to be a long-term thing? Is he just here for this program? And, you I know thought what? he was retired. I thought he was done. I kind of hope it's uh, I don't know. I don't hope it's a one-and-done thing. I, I hope no, they use him a couple months. Yeah, sparringly. Because he's he's here to put he's here to put over talent. I feel like Jim Ross brought up a good point recently about Big Show. What the WWE did wrong with him is that they overexposed him too much. Really, how you so? Know, uh, well, he was like always on TV. You know, a man, it's Stone Cold, a man that size mm, though is like size. it's like a spectacle, like point. how Andre the Giant was. And you know, to see him was like a treat, something special. Mm. And uh, I I think they kind of missed that with Big Show. That's fair enough. If they use him right, and I, I think they, if they want about, especially now with Big Show being older, and it would preserve him, uh, I mean, that's the way to do it. Interesting uh, take, because he still had a great career. Uh, he did, yeah. absolutely. I mean, not, not to take anything away from Big Show's career and his athletes that he's accomplished, but I feel like he could have gone that much over, you know, listening back to a Jim Ross. I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Interesting. Anything you want to talk about? I'm from from TV? Yeah. You know, I got to say, I got a couple of things. Um, I regret it already. What's that? What? Huh? What? I I don't know why you're such a dick to me, man. What did I do to you? You know, I, I, I took I don't you on a nice retreat. Yeah, well, I couldn't drink at all. I, listen, if that's your only means to have fun, I feel sorry for you. Then feel sorry for me, yes. <laughs> I feel sorry for me, too. <laughs> that's why I drink so much. Well, okay. Um, I got to say, I really like the announcement on Monday Night Raw about Brock Lesnar Entering the Royal Rumble, number one. What do you think they're going with this? Because first of all, and I heard this, I'm like, oh, that's cool, but the, the belt's not on the line. Hey, you know, I was actually talking to Carson on the side about that. Yeah, you know, I, I think again, you know, WWE's missing a pretty cool opportunity for him right? to put the belt on the line. Almost like, uh, you know, but is hearing it now that means it's too predictable that he wins. No, is it? No, I think actually it would be cool if he did lose it at the Royal Rumble. He could still get his rematch at WrestleMania. Still put him a program with that person. Because, like, right now, if he does win, say he wins Royal Rumble as is, right? Championship not on the line. Okay. Then what? It's the same thing as if he wins with the championship on the line. It's then what? You still got to figure out something. Okay. You know, I, I think it would be more intriguing if it had if they had the championship at stake. But, you know, it's, well, still, yeah. it's still, like, making me invest to see, okay, all right. Can, can Brock hang on for a full 30? I feel like something's going to happen here. He's going to roll in the ring or roll in the bottom row. He's not that dude, though. I mean, that will make him look weak. Oh, that's true. You're a good point. You know, not, they can't do that to Brock. I mean, 
does he get eliminated midway through? Does he last? I I don't know. It's true. I, I don't know. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Folks, more questions than we have answers right now. Right, and I I think that's the goal though. With any TV programming, you want to you know have the audience ask these questions, and so they they're doing a good job with that. Okay. What else? Uh, AEW saw Dynamite. Okay. How was it? Uh, dude, that ending was pretty cool. I liked it with uh, the tease about John Moxley joining the inner circle. Mm-hmm. I thought it was well played. You know, I, at first I was like thinking, like you know, because um, the Dark Order approached Christopher Daniels to join their group. Okay. And it was a kind of tease. Was was he going to put the mask on? Was he not? And they said, "Fuck you! I'm not joining." And they they brawled. Right. So now with Chris Jericho at the end of the program. Uh, having John Moxley join the inner circle, it's like, well, they can't have two of these go on. And then Moxley turns out he's going to join the inner circle. They're like, oh wow, no, now what? You know, who's going to face Jericho for the strap? You know, is, is this going to be a big dominant faction that we that we want to see? And at the end, you know, John Moxley, in typical John Moxley fashion, when he gets all the sh- the schmucks out of the ring, he's like, hey, by the way, I'm I'm, I'm just kidding, Chris. I'm not joining a stupid group, <laughs> and, and hits him with the DDT and and uh, in the bottle as well. I thought that was great. I thought it was awesome. It, it totally fit. It, it kept the story going. It was well done by AEW. Now I was reading, uh, scrolling through Facebook, I think it was, and there was this profile that always posts about wrestling so AEW stuff. Mm-hmm. And they, did, they were doing AEW review and saying how this segment copied all and ripped off a WWE segment from a couple years ago. I if think. anything, I, I feel like it kind of took uh, from WCW a bit. Okay. You know when Sting. In the NWO, do you remember that vaguely? When uh, they were teasing about like, Sting joining the NWO, and then he didn't. Okay, but uh, you know, I, I mean, everything comes full circle. I mean, storylines kind of get reused, uh, yeah. reshaped, reformed. Of course, you know it happens. You just gotta make it your own. I think Moxley made it his own. Like, it, it fit his character the way he did it. I watched. I watched Dynamite last week, mm-hmm. New Year's Day. Uh, you know, what? I missed it actually. Right. New Year's Day. Right. I don't see what people like the appeal. Really. Like I was like, all right. Ten thing when I said when I first watched it, week one, it doesn't feel like a different product. It does feel different. Cause I'm not sitting down like engrossed in it. I'm not really paying too much attention to it, but uh, I mean, it just feels like another wrestling show. What's so special about it? Um, it's a little bit edgier. Okay. It does focus more on wrestling, and it has a good blend of storylines as well, as opposed to you know Monday Night Raw. I was talking again about uh, about this to Carson. You know, it's more of a variety show, Monday Night Raw. You know, it, it, it's to, it's meant to have, like, you know, the the older fans that got away from wrestling. They're like, oh, you're Monday Night Raw, I remember that. I'll go, oh, okay, this is what's going on. Or to bring in new fans. And then from there you have SmackDown, which is more, I feel like, storyline-based. Mm-hmm. And then you have NXT, which is wrestling-based. Wrestling you know, I, I feel like, and um, I'm sorry, AEW has a a blend of storytelling and wrestling. Now we missed the wedding mm. of Lana and Rusev. Do you uh, want to bring that up now? I Bobby mean, Lashley. Like, yeah. No, we, we don't talk about it. I mean, just yeah. Because the fact that they did nothing with it this week, I'm like, okay, what, what, why? I mean, they did. Thought that they officially cemented them as a married couple, but then the whole payoff to that thing was Liv Morgan, and Liv Morgan just shows up in the background, thing. Oh yeah, we're gonna wrestle next week. I thought that kind of ruined her, actually. Yeah, so did I. But going, the whole point I bring it up is because apparently Vince really loved it. Vince would rather do this all the time. What stuff like that? But he knows it he drew to, in a lot of ratings. But he knows he has to appease USA and the network, so that's why he let there's more like wrestling and storyline stuff. 
And I read that, and I'm like, really? You're a wrestling program. Shouldn't you be focused more on wrestling than this hokey no, well, if, well, again, going back to the '90s, you know, with the Attitude Era, it wasn't all wrestling. Yeah, it was a nice balance, but he just want he just he's loving this. It, it was storyline. I mean, that's what storylines are about to like make, make you hooked in. Otherwise, you're just watching two people wrestle. Yeah, uh, that's been your critique about some independent programs. Mostly, I, I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying specifically which programs, but you you've said that before. Yeah, but like you most know, of them. I'm just seeing wrestling. I'm I, I'm not invested in these characters. Or uh, or the storylines. Yeah. So what are we talking about? Yeah, we are going to get an ultimate payoff here. I mean, we are going to see, you know, uh, Rusev face Bobby Lashley next week, and I don't know what's going to lead to from there. But it's going to go on. It's going to go maybe, on. Maybe it's Mania. Yeah, it's going on to Mania. Apparently, I I, I personally think I, I do agree that this is getting too played out. This story. This should have ended a while ago. Should have ended last week. The guy even said like, "Oh, now I pronounce you husband and wife. Why redo it?" I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Smack. Do you watch SmackDown? Um, I caught a little bit of it. How about that Miss TV man? John Dude, Morrison's back. I am so glad they're back together, man. Only way you can bring back Miz and Morrison, the greatest tag team of the 21st century. Do we get to see Dirt Sheet again? They have been posting some old Dirt Sheets. Oh, I oh, love that segment. Definitely has to come back. Oh, please do. Especially now that they're more digital. Now with the digital, show. more digital. I feel like the characters have evolved so much over the years that it would be cool to see that in WWE and how they blend well together. And John Morrison, that flip that he did to Biggie, to Biggie, yeah. and still kept his sunglasses on the whole time Oof. and stuck the landing. I don't know how he did that. That guy is just welcome back. So good, man. Welcome back, indeed. Do you think he'll go far? Do you think he'll be a main event player here? What bothered me is the fact that he got no pop, none. He got none, and no slow mo. It- I, I, I'm fine with that. I'm actually fine with the no slow mo. Okay, <laughs> why are we talking about this? Okay, but the the, the no pop none is what bothers dead. me. That's definitely going to be like you know something that's going to be considered in the back. You know, you don't think Vince McMahon saw it and heard like, hey, what I'm crickets. hearing crickets. Yep. Okay. He did get a bigger pop when um when he hit that move to Big E though. Of course, everyone pops for big fancy moves. Right. Ex- exactly. So I don't know. I mean, I guess this is going to be a trial uh, trial run. When he teams up with the Miz to face New Day, I think that's a great spot for him to to start back out in WWE. Oh, absolutely, you know, to test the waters, see what happens from here. If he goes over from that, then yeah, you know, maybe he goes on to like other things. I think it's really, honestly, I, I think he's back to square one. Really? Okay. I, I he's been former world champion wherever he goes, wherever he goes. But you know, it's it's different here in WWE. I mean, look at other wrestlers that have, like, you know, these big accolades and other promotions and then come to WWE and what? Like, honestly, I'm surprised with AJ Styles that they even gave him the strap and for how long they did. But it goes to show how good AJ Styles is. Wasn't it? He's had a championship more days than he has not in WWE. That probably seems about right. I think that was maybe middle last year. So I don't know if it's still current to this day, but. That's impressive. I mean, I feel like I always see some sort of gold around his waist. Yeah. AJ Styles is really that good. I mean, Vince, when he, when he first saw him, didn't really think much, apparently, right? That's right. And the guy really has proved himself time and time and time again. And I, honestly, I feel like we still haven't seen the best of AJ Styles in the WWE, believe it or not. I've seen really? Him, I've seen him outside of WWE, and the dude was, for lack of better words, phenomenal. And uh, not to say he's not phenomenal in WWE, but I think it's just like the style of wrestling that WWE allows. They're not going to let him do. Yeah. You know, I mean, he uh, what was that move? The spinal tap they used to do? This ridiculous move from the top rope. 
I have yet to see it in WWE, and I don't even think they're going to let him do it. I doubt it. He's still he's a cool move now. I mean, I mean he, dude, trust me, he's got tremendous amount of moves up his sleeve, and he doesn't even have to do them all. I mean, he the dude, he's kind of like Shawn Michaels. He could tell a story. Well said. Anything else you want to talk about with TV? Oh, so you you saw AEW this past week or no? Last week, New Year's okay, Day. Yeah, yeah, okay, not this not this week. Because I was going to ask you, um, or have you been hearing about what's going on with the women's division over there? I hear it sucks. I heard it's not not doing much. So, Brandy Rhodes was on commentary, right oh, okay. for the, for a women's title match. Oh, before you go on, I did like on AEW when, when I watched it on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Hangman Page came join commentary. Yeah, and his Chiron said has been drinking. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. All right, it's funny. Give me more of that stuff. That's awesome. Right. Okay. Anyway, Brandy Rhodes on commentary. Brandy Rhodes was on commentary, right? And I thought she did such a good job on uh, staying character during a thing. Uh, she's supposed to be a heel, right? And people are bitching about her on Twitter, saying, "Oh, get her off commentary. I can't stand her." Blah blah blah. She's awful. What's she doing? Yada yada. She's so annoying. Guys, fans, <laughs> please, please listen to this. She is playing a character. Thank you. She's making you hate her. She's doing her job very, very well. That's what's going on. These trolls are coming out of their parents' basements to say this. Yeah, great job to her. Like, she's doing a fantastic job. I see what she's doing. People just love to complain. Oh, they love to it's complain so, so much. The, the worst part about social media. Like She's playing her job perfectly. Perfectly. You know, if I'm Brandy Rhodes and I'm seeing those comments on Twitter, I'm clapping. I'm patting myself in the back. I'm like, all right. I did my Mission job. Accomplished. Yeah, they hate me. <laughs> Freaking idiots! But you know, okay, the, the women's division. Okay, I, think, I heard it's not good. I, I think NXT is doing a better job with it. But then again, think about this: NXT is more established. They have more established women on that roster. You know, these women here. You know, s- some names we recognize. Some names we're still getting familiar with, and I think they're figuring it out. Um, also, it's not that deep. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's they're still getting more uh, signees coming on, so I think in 2020 we could see eventually a shift there. I think they're doing the best they can with what they have. Okay, you would know more than I. If you agree, disagree, let us know. Hit us up on our social medias or dot up six one nine three four three three zero zero five. Talk about AEW's women's division. We'll talk more about it next week. Amen. Ready to get to this week's three count? Oh hell yeah! It's time for the three count. All right, Mark. Time for our three count. We're weeks away from the Royal Rumble. So let's look back and pick out some of our favorite winners. Okay. From past Royal Rumbles. I'm with it. Per Royal Rumble. So like I told you, if you want to pick Stone Cold three times, you can pick Stone Cold three times. I'm not. I don't see why not. All three great victories. Number three, Mark, your favorite Royal Rumble winner. Okay. So I'm going to go with Shawn Michaels the first time. Okay. When uh, it looked like he was uh, going to be eliminated, it looked like the British Bulldog won the whole thing. That and was nineteen ninety five. Yeah, I think it was nineteen ninety five. Yeah, Shawn Michaels like was dangling on the bottom rope, nope. one foot hit, and that was it. First, that time, was, first time I seen that move. It was the first time we ever saw that. Yeah, skin the cat. I think they skin called. the cat. And Shawn Michaels came back in, and the music was playing. Bulldog's music was he playing. Was celebrating. Yeah, it was celebrating. Yeah. We all thought the Bulldog won, and Shawn Michaels out of nowhere throws him out, and we see the replay. Like holy cow. Like, that had to be rehearsed. How do they plan? Like, what if his second foot hit? What What if? I mean, there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong with that. I'd love to know what happened. Even after you rehearse it, I mean, you're live. Anything can go wrong when you're live. That's true, yeah. And, uh, you know, well done. Well done by Shawn Michaels. Well done by everyone. Even commentary, they sold it so well, too. Great moment. 
Oh, fantastic moment. My number three is uh, January 22nd, 1995, when Shawn Michaels won. <laughs> not only was that a great Royal Rumble, he was the first guy to win the Royal Rumble at number one. That's true. That's right. He he was uh, was it the Iron Man of that match? And it was great to see him and Bulldog start one and two and end the final two guys. In- I forgot the Bulldog star was too. That whole was a whole great story arc to the whole Rumbles. Yeah. It was a great Rumble. One of my favorites. Oh, such a well done Royal Rumble right there. Number two. Number two for me is um, Shawn Michaels part duh. I figured you're going to do that. Okay. Yeah, dude. I mean, before that, it was like the whole concussion thing what happened to him. It was mm-hmm. jumped. Uh, looked like he was going to retire. And then he comes in. Was it number 18, I think it was? Number 18, 16, something, something like that. that yeah. He comes in, surprises us all, and wins the thing, the whole thing again, which led up to you know the boyhood dream comes mm-hmm. true when he yeah. beats Bret Hart, WrestleMania, uh, in an Iron Man match. Cool story, well done. And this time, Shawn Michaels was a face, so you know it, it definitely, oh, yeah. you know, it got the heart going. You know, because at that point, you know, I was even more of a Shawn Michaels fan. It was so cool to see that happen. So that is my number two. January twenty seventh, two thousand eight. Abel, myself, a couple of friends went the entire day in New York City. Mm-hmm. That's where I told you the story. We snuck in and hung out with Ric Flair's limo. Right. All led up to a day drinking, going up to Madison Square Garden to see the Royal Rumble. I think one of our first rumbles, we just chant around with the crowd. You know who comes out? John Cena comes out. That's right. Surprise return. The roof blows off the place. And he ends up winning. It was just one of those great moments of like, oh, shit, I was there. when the Probably like the biggest reaction John Cena ever got. <laughs> Positive reaction. Yeah. Yeah. That was an awesome moment. Awesome time. Oh, I, I'll say this, though. WrestleMania this past year, he got a huge reaction, too. I was even cheering. Well, of course, he was the Doctor of Thugonomics. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. That, that was his best gimmick. I fell in love with him then. Yeah. Great gimmick. Should bring that shit back. Oh, absolutely. If, you know what be cool? If John Cena does come back and faces Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt gets... Literally, the Fiend get, goes over, and John Cena goes back to mm. Thugonomics. No, you're fantasy booking here. Okay. I'm fantasy booking. I just got... I just got a little hard. I'm sorry. Usually do get a little hard. Number one. I'm ignoring that. Uh, <laughs> number one, Ric Flair. I figured you're gonna put that number one. Ric Flair when he won it for the for the championship belt, no less. That was cool. It was awesome. First and only time. First and only time. No, no, actually, no. Triple H, he won the championship at the Royal Rumble. At the Royal Rumble. Oh, okay. Those it was vacant. Vacant. It was uh, what was it? Only a few years ago. Held in abeyance. Yeah. Yeah. But Rick, Rick Flair was the first time it happened, and uh, the promo afterwards uh, with, a, with a tear in my eye. I have to yell. You took the microphone. Uh, you, you can play it instead. But it's more work for me to do. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. Dick. Let me just say, after Vera distorting the belt to proclaim me the real world champion, I'm going to tell you all with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the wrestling world that makes you number one when you are the king of the WWF. You rule the world. It was epic, dude. I mean, especially if, like with the history coming into it. I mean, Ric Flair, of all people, like the, the enemy, the WWF at the time. Yeah. It comes in and wins the WWF championship 
at the Royal Rumble over Hulk Hogan. Mm, it's true. Oh, he's big, man. He's monumental. Monumental. Good word. Thank you. What was your number one? My number one is a winner. I'm a big fan of. Oh, here we go. Not only am I a big fan of it, a great moment that one of my guys won something, which is very rare. We talked about it before the show even started. But this led to a fantastic storyline. One of the best storylines in a long time. And catapulted this guy into the upper echelons, to the main event player that he is. Eventually into the Hall of Fame. January 30th, 2005, Dave Bautista I knew it. winning the Royal Rumble. I knew it. That's just like, I mean, he wins and that, that whole great evolution storyline with Triple H. One of the best uh, post-Rumble storylines I've seen in a long time. That was really well done. I think it was w- great done. Well, great done. Very well done. <laughs> that was great done. Great done. Damn it. Very well done. And, uh, and it's like I said, catapulted him to where he is now. Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's, it all started there by winning the Royal Rumble. It's not a bad pick, dude. I, I understand why you did. I know you're a big Batista fan. I, I understand I, why I, you picked Rick Flair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Although Shawn Michaels is my favorite of all time. I keep saying that. But yet you didn't walk out with Sherry Martell and Shawn Michaels at your wedding. You picked Rick Flair. I did. Well, no. No, no. I didn't walk out to that. No, didn't walk out. I walked Piper. out to Roddy Piper. Sure. And my wife came out to Charlotte Flair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get it together, buddy. Come on. But you did also, that's what made me get confused. You did tell me you would cancel your wedding if Flair passed away. I, I, I would, yeah. Because Shawn Michaels is nowhere near death. I mean, Rick Flair had a couple of scares. Everyone's near death. You never, <laughs> I mean, you, okay. you never know when the sickle's coming down on our heads. <laughs> okay, there, guy. <laughs> you never know. Take it easy, darkness. You can come to it right now if I wanted to. <laughs> was that a threat? I feel like I was a threat. <laughs> I, Everyone, you heard it. Whatever. Those are our three counts. Let us know your three counts. Your top Royal Rumble winners. Hit up on our social media's Shot of Wrestling or dial it up 619-343-3005. And now, Mark, I am a very smart man. <laughs> I'm a very creative man. So the early the early infancy of this show, uh-huh. I had to create all our social medias. Yeah. Create our email. Right. Create everything. Okay. Twitter wouldn't let me put a Shot of Wrestling. That's why for the last 194 episodes, you'll hear me say, hit us up on our social media is a Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram, Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. It really just drove me crazy, but you know, there's a song to it. Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, my friend. This <laughs> tells me, why don't you just take the A out of everything? Make it platform everywhere. Because I hate when you're, you're tweeting somebody and they have to change it on Instagram or vice versa. Right. Like Eric Jaden, for example, I have to change his screen names to whatever, uh, whatever platform I'm using. Right, 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 right. And we just told me, why don't you just drop the A at everything? I felt like such an idiot. <laughs> I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Almost I, four years later. I feel like Justin Timberlake when it comes <laughs> to social networking. You know, drop the the. Yeah. It's cleaner. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so props to you for making streamlining our social media process. So from now on, hit us up on our social medias. Shot of wrestling. No way across the board. <laughs> Because of you, my friend. Thank you very much. That's my go-home thought. Floor is yours. You're welcome, man. You're so stupid. I'm like, like, duh. Face palm. Face palm. I have a couple uh, go-home thoughts, actually. Uh, a, I would just like to thank um, Alpha Championship Wrestling for having us be on commentary. It was our first time working with them, so uh, major props to that. And, you know, my second... Go home thought right now is uh, we want to talk about the Boulevard Bullies because they are going to be there at our Royal Rumble viewing party come January 26th. Uh, apparently, they have a drinking game 
Okay. Uh, a, a, an not original surpri- drinking not game. Surprised, not surprised. Not surprised. But for the Royal Rumble, it sounds intriguing. Uh, only 15 people can enter into this drinking game. Um, 14 for everyone else because I think I'm going to get into this game. $20 entry gets you two tickets. But you know what? Um, you know, I, I'm tickets not really. For what? Dude, I'm going to let Pat take this actually from here. So, because I, I'm new to this. So, I want to hear what Pat has to say about the rules. So, Pat, take it away. I want to say that. This was not invented by me specifically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was invented by the Boulevard Bullies IP, but I'm um, a former member, mm-hmm. and I have since taken up the, what would you call it? Mantle. I've taken up the mantle of the Boulevard Bullies drinking game. Okay. And, you know, before you have met me, we did this drinking game four, five, six years in a row. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of lineage and- It's been developed over time. Legend to it. Mm-hmm. But we also have developed a special- version for you thank you and the rules of which i will get into right now so there are 30 entrants into the royal rumble we all know this entrance yes everybody knows that that. is a common that is a well-known fact for the women's and the men's correct correct now the game is best played with a dividend of 30 and it would be like a box like a fantasy football box like once the seats fill up then then there can't be any more contestants. Gotcha. You know what I mean? The most people... So we're going to cap it at 15. Yeah, pretty yeah. pretty much. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Now here's the game. Yes. Okay, so you all draw... Every contestant who is bought into the Rumble, be it 10, 15, 30, whatever, they all draw random numbers that represent the numbers of the entrance in the Rumble. Perfect. Yes. When your wrestler comes out, let's say it's it could be, you know, whatever, 10, 15, 3, whatever your wrestler comes out, you wager mm. an amount of beers mm. that you believe that you can drink from beginning to end during this person's run in the Royal Rumble. Before they get eliminated. Before they get eliminated. So, for instance, if number 10 hits and you have number 10 and fucking Kane comes out, mm. you know, like like 2008 Kane comes yeah. out or a Braun elimination. Strowman, the referee right. yeah. will approach you and ask you how many beers. Right. I will come up to you and I will say, how many beers do you wager on your entrance? The goal is to try to wager the most amount of beers for each wrestler that comes out under your ownership and pound those beers before Ooh. that guy gets eliminated. So, for instance, if so you this have, is where you guys can make the money. Yeah. This is where you make the money. Because in the but at the end, it, at the core, it really is just a raffle. Because mm-hmm. no matter what happens, if you draw the number of the guy that wins, you will win the, the most money. Yeah. Gotcha. However, if some guy with Braun Strowman wagers three beers and Braun Strowman eliminates 12 people. But that's, that's the rule you have yet to mention. If your entrance number, you pick number mm-hmm. three, however many wrestlers your guy throws over the top rope and hits the ground outside, you win a dollar from the pot. I think this we're pretty much good, right? People could connect the dots. I think you got it. Yeah, I think you got it. Okay, so wait, no. Let me let me just little recap. Give give the whole recap. Everybody throws money in. Everybody randomly draws a number. Okay? When your wrestler comes out, if it's somebody who you think is gonna be very good, you would wanna buy you would wanna wager more beers. Because what that means is that every person that your person eliminates you take that amount of beers out of the pot. Yeah, that number of money. The yeah. number of dollars. If you wagered three beers, you take $3 for, for every, every person. For every person that your guy That's has great. eliminated. Now, great. if you fail to finish your beers 
by the time your person has been eliminated, you go fully bankrupt. Yeah, oh. you lose all your money. And not just for your wrestler. We're talking full Wheel like of Fortune, out. black and white bankrupt, all your shit. Mm. Well, Wild. but do you do you surrender your other two wrestler you, tickets? You do not surrender any money that you have made. You lose that, you right? Lose but money. your but tickets, you, your tickets are, are you church. Still have your yeah. other, the tickets you still are have church your other because you okay. paid for those tickets. Yes, yes. yes. those are like yes. your card. You know, we like to keep things nice and simple. Yeah, it's very, it's actually Obviously. a very simple game. And basically, Absolutely. I really can't stress this enough. I know that the delivery of the rules and the pitch to the actual game it's, yeah. was abysmal yeah but it is very I, I promise you that this game is the shit it this is. is the shit and you know we've never had somebody just walking around as the enforcer mm-hmm. and uh that is something i'm gonna forgo the potential money and glory to really just like oh. like the glory and joy that i'm gonna feel is watching people play and compete in the game so i'm gonna have nice printed out cards we're yeah. gonna have printed out and laminated rules yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah. hopefully we'll have like a nice banquet table if not we'll do like you know a we'll section set, we'll have a good set and i'm gonna Don't walk around about that. and i'm gonna enforce the rules and i'm going to help to guide and uh make sure that people are having a fun enjoyable potentially uh financially exciting and definitely very very alcoholic time yeah. all right dude wow uh, that's unique, right? Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I'm gonna pass. You and Pat, like, you're such a. I gotta work the fucking next day. I, I I actually cleared my schedule the next day. Of course you did, because I knew I'm gonna party. Royal Rumble's my favorite event of all time. I get to party with the Shaw Wrestling, and the fans, and Outlaw Wrestling. Bull James gonna be there. So you party with the Boulevard Bullies, drink them under the table, yet you won't have a drink with me at the fucking spa day last weekend. You're an asshole. It's called detox. You are an it's asshole. called detox. That's call, the key word. Call it what you want, but you're still hey. an asshole. <laughs> hey, dude, that's a key word. Enjoy, enjoy drinking with your bullies. Missing. Enjoy drinking with the bullies. Whatever. I, if you're in a nice yeah, spa, I, relaxing, but you can have a drink with me, go fuck yourself. Because no one had Okay, a anyway, moving on. You have another go home thought? No, I, that's all my go home thoughts. Okay. So, that wraps up this week. Mark, another great episode. Of course, dude. I'm here. Wait, eh. We're now four more away from 200, so looking forward to that. Couple, I think a month shy now of our yearly anniversary. So big things coming in the next couple weeks for a shot of wrestling. Absolutely. So looking forward to that. For the Hollywood assassin, Mark Schwann. Abel and Steve Dumang. I've been your host at Muggage Putty. Until next week, putty out. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last, last call, call at, at the, the bar. bar. Oh. All right, everybody, we have made it to the end of the episode, and it's last call. We're going to do things a little bit different tonight. We're going to be playing this or that because we have Stephen Dumang still on the line here with us. And now I know a referee is supposed to remain impartial, but today we're going to make you choose Uh-oh. sides. Uh-oh. Are Uh-oh. you ready? I, I mean, I will be. Let's do it. Well, then away we go. Marvel or DC Comics? You know what? Um, I love Batman, so there we go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with DC. All right. And Ma- Michael J. Putty is a big DC guy, so I'm sure he'll be happy. Hardcore or deathmatch? Hardcore death. death. I'm a big fan <laughs> of both, but I got. I mean, I gotta say, I love. I love being involved with death matches. Thank God no one's died right. um, in any of the matches I've officiated that were considered death match. Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels? Brother. Which Shawn side Michaels. were you on? All right. <laughs> I mean, it's all, you know what? And I got to say, I'm partial to the song, man. 
I love HBK's theme song, and I literally was just singing it with Masha Slamovich and oh uh, Joey Ace. And it was on Instagram, so if y'all checked out my story at referee Stephen Demang or ref Stephen Demang, I should correct myself, um, you would have seen it. But yes, good old HBK, both excellent performance. However, shots or beers? Beers. iPhone or Android? Man, I love emulators, but when it comes down to usage, I'm going to go with Apple all day. Oh, okay. iPhones, brother. NXT or AEW? Woo! Oh, man. Uh, Right in the stomach. Um, Let's see. I mean, (laughs) I would love to work for either. Let's just, you know, just just saying I I, I would work for either company. Don't Um, worry. Paul and Cody do not listen (laughs) to this show. They do not listen. Sounds good. I love both for different reasons, but I would give the slight edge to NXT. All right. Uh, Attitude Era or Today's Era? Attitude Era. I can't believe I really took me a second to think about that one, but (laughs) Attitude Era all day. Come on. Oh, hell yeah. Twitter or Instagram? Instagram, man. Yeah. Ponytail or man bun? Ponytail. Have you seen my hairstyle? Come on. I've never rocked a man bun. They, they were in in fashion. I don't Holy know. Tail all day, and I actually it was it's very cool to have been um, involved with numerous shows, um, and uh, that not being an issue. And I have cut my hair, and the reason why mm. I do cut my hair is because I donate it to Wigs for Kids, That's awesome. which is a very special thing for me. And uh, for all my long-haired individuals that are out there, please, if you're looking to donate your hair, Wigs for Kids is the spot to go. NWO black and white or red and black? Black and white all day. All day, life. every day. And finally, Tessa Blanchard or Maria Manic? <laughs> uh oh. I feel like, uh, I mean, I'm going to probably get beat up by either. Um, either. Uh, no, I, I think you could take him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I believe in myself. Don't get me wrong. Battle. <laughs> Battle. Uh, no. Uh, that said, I've actually gotten to officiate and work with both of them. A lot. Uh, I've refereed a lot of test matches, and I've ref even more Maria Manning matches. But that said, uh, I'm going to have to lean towards Maria because, and I have a reason, reason because me and Maria have shared uh, not only many car rides and miles together, but I've been there pretty much since the inception of her career all the way to where we are today in Ring of Honor, which has been really cool to see her start from her blonde Barbie bombshell Mm -hmm. all the way to the man eater, uh, which is something that is both scary and now makes sense as to why she calls herself Marin Manic. I'm glad it made sense three years later, but it finally clicked and uh, I love her. And, um, you know, see, they all they, they all grow up so quick. They do. They do. You're growing up so quick. We I already talked so. about how crazy <laughs> and busy your 2019 was. And, brother, I just wish you many blessings and many more I, opportunities in 2020. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, a shot of wrestling. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. And it's always a pleasure to be able to shoot the sh with people and, uh, you know, enjoy a good old conversation. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, brother, brother. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody!